What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my left and virtually and a little bit down. Yeah, it's down here or down here? I can't think of which corner it is. I think it's down here. It's right right here. Yeah, right here. It's right about. here. Hello. We're joined by Mogan Hi. remotely. Hello. What I don't a special like guest. Welcome I don't to like the show. Being too far away. <laughs> special guest. Yeah. Oh, thank it's you. I've been, you off for the been first on time. a show before. <laughs> yeah. Do tell. <laughs> and to my right, Zachary Parks. What's up? So, in case you didn't know, Team Chat Podcast is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. If you want to get in contact with us or follow us on social media, you can do that by sending us an email to teamchatpodcast.gmail.com, following us on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, and subscribing to our YouTube and iTunes channels. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that by checking out patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and in return, we'll give you a cool perk, like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release. I do have to say, sorry <laughs> to those people. <laughs> Two in a row. We had to record <laughs> on, on a late Monday, and uh, that's definitely not the norm, but uh, so don't worry about it. Um, and but, uh, but yeah, so again, that's patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast. We're all about transparency and being honest about you know, what's going if on. If we have nothing else, that's one thing we do We have, have our honesty. We're very honest about <laughs> our faults. <laughs> and our shortcomings. <laughs> our shortcomings. And everybody uh, needs a vacation. I regret nothing. Yeah, no, everybody does. I had a wonderful, relaxing weekend this last week. Uh, just hanging out, went some, did some camping, stayed nice. in the B&B, small towns. It was nice. Uh, yeah, it looked nice. It was, it was very nice and relaxing, so needed it. Very, very much after a couple busy weeks. Yeah. Um, but so also, uh, Zach stumped us this week with, uh, the, with the song suckers. contest. So w- what song <laughs> did it was you... pure revenge. And what uh, game? Spin to Win was the hint. Right. And it was from a game that I've talked about many a times on the show. Uh, Rockstar presents Table Tennis. Good old table oh, tennis. Of course. <laughs> the most underrated game in history. Spinning, you sent me the, you send me the, the link. Do what? Huh? Is it about spinning the ball like at a certain angle? Yeah, well, in ping pong, spin That's is true. a big component. That's true. of of winning <laughs> points. Well, he so sent, spin to win. He sent me the he sent me the link for it, and he was like, "It's Rockstar Tabletons." I was like, "Ah, oh, cool, okay." No one's gonna get I, this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Ah, we'll see. Maybe there's somebody out there who's like, no fools. It's Rockstar Table Tennis." Yeah. But sure, sadly, no one was able to guess it. So the contest is still. I mean, the contest is done for that one. We'll have another hint at the end. <laughs> that at one's the over. End, at the end, this one's over. You know, we can't keep it from going on for too long. No. It's got to. It's got to cut it off at mm-hmm. a week. Uh, but so we'll have a new contest at the end of this episode. Um, but yeah. So again, it's a little bit longer of a thing. So I think what we were going to do today, since we recorded last, um, but so I think what we're gonna we're planning on doing for this one is more just. Talking about some random stuff. Just some ra- <laughs> we're keeping random it. Uh, we're keeping a little loose. Light. We're keeping loose it light. light. Didn't want to put too much pressure on Mogan, Mogan while she was Mogan's on her vacation. vacation. Didn't want to give her too mm-hmm. much to think about. Yeah. Let's also. I, I really wanted to actually have like the lap. If the Wi-Fi had been good enough, I would have been on the boat oh, with the laptop. Wow. <laughs> the boat episode. Unfortunately, it didn't work out Hearing that the way. the seagulls and the yeah. surf. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was champagne, been. sunglasses. Yeah, you know. Nice. Yeah, just Casual. hanging out, having a good time. Um. But yeah, so Mogan, though, you did say that you had a couple games that you want to talk about or a couple different things that you wanted to go into. I did, and they're really kind of just rando games, one of which just recently came out and the other one that isn't out yet that have just really caught my interest. And I just want to talk about them because I think they look like they're super fun or have the potential to be a lot of fun. Okay. So what you got? Oh, you ready? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> we got nothing on this end. <laughs> so I guess we'll start I had a with couple the things, one that's yeah. already out. Have either of you heard or seen anything about that newer game? I think it came out end of just this past April, um, Little Nightmares. Yes. 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 Yeah. I've seen some, and it actually really yes. caught my attention. And that's just quickly, that's like an arcade game, right? That's like 20 bucks? Or is that a full game? Uh, it, it's not, no. So it's I, I didn't understand what you meant initially by arcade oh. game. Um. But just saying it's not like a fully fleshed out is that, giant $60 game. No, it is not. Right. So right. Little Nightmares game, right? actually is a very short kind yeah. of indie game. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, because so I saw it on the on the Xbox store, and I thought it looked interesting. I, I almost bought it. And I think I saw some gameplay video on IGN or somebody like that. But, yeah, it's its art style is really cool, and it mm-hmm. looked like – it kind of looked like a more colorful but not maybe not as deadly limbo. 
Just in like now, the- actually, yeah, a lot of people have likened Little Nightmares to uh, spiritually similar to Limbo yeah. and Inside. Right. Yeah, that's what it so kind of looks it's kind like of along those same lines yeah. in terms of the type of atmospheric horror that it embodies, whereas it's not you know rooted in jump scares per se. So it's not horror horror. You know, it's not like Resident Evil or Outlast would be, but it is still horror in the terms of the genre. Mm. Okay. Um, I just remember, like, I watched maybe the trailer for it, and I remember, aren't you like a little uh, yeah. person? I don't want to. Yeah, you're like a little person, and, and it's and it's all little nightmares. It's it's like it's the monsters of your dreams, right? Because it all takes place in like in your bedroom, in your bedroom, and you're trying to get like around. the doorknob's really big, and you have to like sort jump of, up to not, get it. Not quite. Right. So there are, is a certain so element to the game that is, <laughs> that is related to dreams. But uh, you play as this tiny little character, the one you've seen in like the yellow raincoat, yeah. whose name is Six, like the number six, but spelled out. And essentially, what you're doing is as Six, you are what I like to call borrower sized. Did you? Do you guys remember the borrowers? the little tiny people that live in your house and they steal all your crap to make their tiny little homes and walls. Is that a tale that your parents told you before you go to bed? No, Tom Felton. Tom Felton, when he was a little kid, was in one of the Borrowers movies. Oh, it's a movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was originally a book, and then it was a series of movies, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Anyway, so Borrowers are just little small people. They're kind of Olimar-sized. How about that? Okay. Okay. Thanks for the video game connection. (laughs) Six is little. You know, she's about like, she, he, it, I'm actually not sure, is about yay big. It's a girl. And you are playing in a um, stealth puzzling horror platformer uh, that is a fascinating mix of 2D and 3D because the way that you're facing it, it is really 2D side-scrolling, but it is in a very 3D environment. You know, it's not a flat environment. It's almost like you're looking into a dollhouse. That was one of the best equivalents I found so far is that you're looking into like a diorama or a little dollhouse room. And as six, you're trying to traverse these rooms, these environments, to escape where you are, which is called the mall. M-A-W. Oh. So the Maw is really kind of this, obviously, horror nightmare scape. And there are all sorts of what we would know as us-sized or even bigger-sized um, people and creatures, like the custodian, like a creepy, horrible janitor with like unnaturally long arms that is always coming after you and trying to get you by literally sniffing you out. Like he can smell where you're at and he's trying to get at you. Oh, there weird. are these big, grotesque, deformed butchers that you you've probably seen that kitchen scene where you're trying to make your way through the kitchen yeah i think that was featured in one of the trailers and that's where the butchers come into play yeah and then part of what is related to dreams is there's a very memorable character who is this woman in full kabuki makeup and she kind of haunts parts of your dreams and you don't really know what all of that is about until a little bit later but it's really creepy and cool so really you're just as six you know, you have to get really creative with how you get from point A to point B, because as you're going through all these levels, if any of these people, any of these big human sized people find you, the implication is that they are absolutely going to kill you or worse. Uh, part of the really good horror elements of this game are that, you know, like I said, it's not jump scares. It's really you know what they can do to you. You see in the background, you see playing out in real time. You know, if the other characters don't see you, they're just going about their business in these rooms. And you see them doing all these horrific, grotesque things. And you're like, oh my God, I cannot let them catch me. They are going to just mutilate me. It's going to be horrible. So it's kind of like an extended game of hide and seek. Because anytime you think someone is about to find you, you really just kind of have to go hide. You just have to go find a spot, hide, you know, like under a couch or behind a cabinet or mm-hmm. anywhere that you can find – behind books on a shelf. Uh, anywhere that you can find space to hide, you just have to sit and wait hmm. and hope that they pass. And like it's just you sitting there and you can hear your own heartbeat and you can hear the footsteps of whoever is coming after you. And you can see their shadow move past your hiding spot, Ooh. and maybe they stop right in front of your hiding spot. It's like that really cool, like, no, yeah. no, I really hope they don't turn and find me. Or maybe they reach a hand under the couch to see if you're under there, and you're just praying to God that they actually don't make contact with you. And then maybe they go away, and you go, okay, it's safe. I can come out now. And you come out, and then they come right back, and you're like, oh, God, no, I'm going <laughs> to die. It's that kind of uh, – 
creeping horror that really kind of sneaks into your bones and stays with you. And that's really why I think it's such an interesting little game. It kind of sounds like a less, well, I mean, it it seems grotesque in its own way, but it it, it seems like a less horrifying slash terrifying outlast. Almost. Yeah. I would kind of say so. Because that's the thing with outlast. You couldn't fight. You had to hide. Oh, yeah. And actually, so that's something to note about six. Really, there are no game mechanics other than traversing the levels because you don't like have items. The only item that six has is a lighter. So you can just flick on your little lighter to make your way through the darkest tunnels. You can't hurt anything with it. It's just a tiny, you know, you're tiny and the lighter is tiny. So what are you going to do with it? It's really just for lighting your way. And other than that, you really don't have anything at your disposal other than what you find in the environment, Hmm. like uh, making makeshift makeshift stairs out of opening a filing cabinet to make your way up to another level or climbing a string up the side of a couch to get to the top and then jump to a bookshelf and then get up from there. So it's got a lot of really good platforming elements to it, but one of the uh, kind of I'm not sure if it's fully avoidable, but one of the things that a lot of platformers tend to fall prey to is just little mechanical annoyances. So because it is a mix of 2D and 3D, you know, you have your X-axis, you have your Y-axis, and in a 3D-scape, you have your Z-axis that comes Mm -hmm. toward you. And because of that Z-axis, you can kind of move yourself closer to the camera, but in doing so you often miss things that you are supposed to do, like making a jump or coming into contact with a particular item. You can often miss those just because of little mechanical glitches. And those are things that a lot of people have found very frustrating about this game because you wind up dying or falling into abyss in a really avoidable way if you had just been able to time it or shift your angle just ever so slightly. Yeah, And obviously that's part of platforming, but it seems to be prevalent enough in uh, Little Nightmares that it's that it's an annoyance that can't be ignored. Yeah. Uh, long load times are the other thing that would be one of the primary detractors of yeah. Little Nightmares. Well, it looks like a pretty beautiful game in its like gloomy, dark nature. Like It, it makes sense to me that it would have long load times just from the footage yeah. I saw. It's not like Limbo where the, the palette is black yeah. and white. This is a d- yeah. very dynamic-looking game with a lot of depth of field. And Limbo you, wasn't 3D. Like, no, you didn't have not the 3D like, aspect. Yeah. It, you know, it, it presented, yeah, not really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it had a background that made it seem 3D, you know, but yeah, this one definitely seems, the Z-axis, like you said, comes into more play. I always think that games like that one also, to have a really, and they take advantage of it, clearly with games like Inside Limbo and Little Nightmares, they really take advantage of their the the freedom, I guess, that a game like that allows an art style. Yeah. Like, Little Nightmares has a great art style. It, it looks yeah. almost... Uh, I don't want to say claymation-y, but it kind yeah, of actually, has, I no, would. Yeah, I would it looks like a Tim Burton claymation. It's not like, it's not like they don't like that move. Thought of. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not the, like they move claymation style, but they look like claymation stuff, which I think. Yeah, that's, so I suppose I that's fun. They, they look like little sculptures, like the little sculptures mm-hmm. that they yeah. make for claymation. That's kind of how the characters look. I looks think like it's really cool. Yeah, it looks like something you'd see in like Coraline or yeah, 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 definitely. But so I mean. I think that's just a really cool thing that they that they can do that and take this like these liberties with a game, especially like this, that's supposed to be terrifying and horrifying, which I mean also as evidenced by like Coraline or the Corpse Bride, like you can make some pretty terrifying or night before Christmas, you can make some pretty terrifying claymation creatures, you know. Yeah, you absolutely um, can. There's also something innocent in the look of it too. Right. With it, with her yellow coat and the environment being somewhat domesticated. It looks like what? something that would be I don't know. It's playing with the idea of... That's why I thought it was something like you, you was fighting something through your nightmares because it does have yeah, this look like of like you're a little child, tr- you know, traversing through, like you're having a bad dream yeah. or, you know, or a nightmare. And, you know, kind one of, of the thing. other parallels that people have... Uh, not not parallels, but one of the other story functions that people have inferred about this game is that because of your tiny size and your perspective on the world, a lot of people think that it is more a game about 
being a child in an adult's world Mm -hmm. and things going on around you and you're not really understanding what's going on around you, but you know that something is wrong. So it's really kind of that feeling of, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what the horror is here, but I know that something is really bad. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of like childlike internal, you know, very uh, instinctive fear that I think the game is really trying to tap into. And for being such a short game, uh, total gameplay time if you did it semi quickly this game could be over in five hours oh wow so it is definitely just like a weekend game you know play it a couple times the weekend or pull an all-nighter and play it all night uh, and you'll be finished with it Mm. so as you do go through the game and explore the mall you really do part of the story is finding out what the mall actually is and what its purpose is so you are learning more about your environment about the adult world but it is sort of that um child's approach to learning about how to exist hmm. nice yeah yeah I that seems that interesting seems... Yeah, that would definitely be one that i would give a shot at yeah some point. I, I i i'm definitely more keen on atmosphere tone and the feeling a game like that will give me rather yeah. than like that's why resident evil the new resident evil i saw people playing it i was like i don't want to get it after i saw people playing it because it looks just way too jump scary it looks i know it did well and i'm sure it's a yeah. great game but like this looks more the atmosphere in this game would be much more interesting for me to play because i don't even like being well, scared but you like really like limbo so that i love limbo yes yeah, so that makes sense that you would, yeah. that it would be something that but you'd limbo be this to. looks a lot scarier than limbo oh yeah the creature and just in the like the people. brief description i was reading of uh of some of the things that happened i was like oh this is way more yeah dark it looks dark than right. i was expecting like i'm kind of like does it, it i couldn't see it anywhere on what i was looking but it looked like i mean i'm just like this has to be like an m-rated game right is, is it m is it mature m for mature i'm actually not sure um all I really know as I don't look at ratings. I'm an yeah. adult. I don't care. Doesn't apply <laughs> to us. I want. Does not apply to us. Um, uh, but it is for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So I feel like this is one of the those ideal games that you can sort of add to your Steam wish list, yeah. or you know your Xbox Live yeah. wish list, or your so PlayStation Store wish list, and wait for it to go on sale. And when it does, snap it up for no dollars because it's obviously a very short game. But I do feel like it's worth playing mm-hmm. and definitely worth the particular type of experience they're trying to sell you on. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Speaking of on sale, I recently just uh, snatched up another, I think the only God of War game I haven't played yet. Uh, it was like they did, Sony did a Santa Monica, Sony Santa Monica had a, sa- a that publisher specific sale on the, on the PlayStation network recently. And so I was able to get like the last, uh, I can't remember what it was now. Cause I just beat Ghost most of Sparta. I think chains of Olympus. No, oh, okay. it's old. Like it's PSP. Oh, so, wow. So, no so I got it from my Vita. <laughs> Um, you and your Vita. Yeah, I love it. I know. It's, it's a nice little it's I a nice know. little gadget. You like it. Um, but I got it for like three dollars. So I was yeah. like, hell yeah. That's a really good deal. So and you know, the order eighteen eighty six was just on sale for three dollars, but it's not it's your game. It is my game. I like it a lot. Um so what have you been doing, Horizon, right? Yeah, so um You're almost done. I'm almost done. I'm actually hoping to if the editing of this, since I do have to turn this around tonight, I hope uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that <laughs> I can work for Jared. I can finish it up. Uh, tonight because I only have two of the main missions left and I have t- and only two, three trophies left. But I mean, they're for the main missions and then the final one for getting the platinum. Mm-hmm. So I'm there. I'm on the cusp of nice. victory. I'm nice. very excited. And I have like 96 or 7 <coughs> percent uh, Compl- total game completion. I saw Dylan put the uh, screen. Or was it Dylan? No, it was Cody. It was Cody. Put up a screenshot of... Uh, he platinum it. He platinum. Yeah, it, yeah. And I was checking with him because I've been so terrified. I heard when the game first came out, somebody was saying, uh, "I think it was Colin Moriarty from Kind of Funny." Uh, I think he was talking about, it and he's like, he had played through it when the, it first came out. And he's like, "There are no missable trophies," and I was like, "But is there? <laughs> are there?" And I, but I didn't want it. But like all of the trophies are hidden, basically. Yeah, there are a few. There's like you know, reach these levels of the game, hit. You know, knock over all the training dummies across the across the map, uh, in the, like a couple different things like that. But other than that, all of them are hidden. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm like, well, what the hell? Like, what are these gonna be? And so I was like, when Cody posted that that he platinumed, I was hitting him. Up. I was like, okay, so can I miss any by doing by not doing side missions? And he's like, yeah, there are a couple side missions that give trophies. I'm like, fuck. Okay, and <laughs> so then I was like, cross referencing. Okay, how many? Like, here's how many I've done. 
okay, how many total side missions are there? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so the math. Like, just like trying to figure out where they all are. Cause I was so paranoid because that just happened to me with doom where uh-huh. I, uh, I was trying to play it through and I was trying to platinum it on one go. And there's two trophies that you have to get and you can only complete it by, uh, getting the, by getting it through one playthrough. So you can't just beat the game, then go back and get oh, the ones okay. you missed. You, you have to do it. do it all in one playthrough. Oh, and I shit. missed one of them. That's right. I remember you telling me about that. So I have to I go back us. and play the whole game again. So I was not going to have that happen with Horizon. Yeah. So I've been super, <coughs> super nice. paranoid about like hitting all the trophies. In them. So I've only got, yeah, I've only got the two more, the three more. So I'm like, I'm, I know I'm in the clear. Okay, good. So I'm good with that. But yeah, so I'm hoping to, you're doing it right. Hoping to knock that one out this, uh, hopefully tonight or tomorrow. Nice. So I can finally finish it. It's getting so good. I mean, yeah, I feel like all, it's, it's coming to an so end, good. right? Yeah, it's got to be like some questions about where I thought the story was going have been answered. And I was and I was very pleased. It's one of the most I, I will say this horizon is really good because it could have worked like I, I hope that they don't the game wasn't successful and somebody comes out next week being like a movie has been greenlit for horizon. Zero you Dawn don't want adaptation. that to happen. I don't want that. But at the same time, the story of either could have been like it's awesome as a game it could have been awesome as a movie too because yeah. it's one of the most original uh stories i feel like i have heard in a long time like mm-hmm. you know the last of us is great and i love the last of us obviously mm-hmm. but it has but it's also it's it's a, apocalyptic with zombie-esque creatures and we're throwing in this like random thing with it being all like from a plant-based fungi but it's about at the same time it's zombies post-apocalyptic somebody has a cure okay cool mm-hmm. like that's what you know last of us is kind of thing um but this one granted yes it's also post-apocalyptic you know that from the trailers but it's the sp- sci-fi spin on it and just the the mix of the ancient technology with the with old really advanced technology because you learned that whenever the the world went to shit basically mm-hmm. is in like the 2060s. So not, oh, okay. So, so it's, it's even a little happened. slightly yeah. more advanced from That's our time. Yeah. So it's a very well, so the story for that reason is it's, it's that top notch. Cool. And it's just so it's very magical. Like as I learn more from it, I'm like, this is so damn original. Yeah. Like, it's so good for, yeah. and that's what I think really makes it stand out is how original the, this, the story's been yeah. so far. So I'm, very excited to play finish it. I mean, I'm very excited to finish it. Also, there's going to be a big tinge of sadness because I really don't want to. It's be always a bummer it. when you finish a good game. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. When you get to like the second to last level, that always happens to me. In every Halo game that I ever buy, and I get close to the, like the, I'm on the second to last level, and like Halo Reach, everyone's dying. And I'm like, fuck, this sucks. I know, and <laughs> it's I all and going I, to hell. I put in uh, like 70 hours, I think, into the game so far. It's pretty uh, solid. It's just, yeah, I think it's that's what I put into Zelda. Yeah, and, it, and I'm just like, I don't want it to end. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also, I'm ready to move on. I've, what I've are you been getting play next? the itch. I've been getting the itch this week to do to do something else. I think I am going to play, so Mogan and I can actually finally talk about it, is I'm going to play the first Uncharted, at Ooh. least, to get into that. Woo! <laughs> I got to have at boo, least one, one chance every episode yeah. to get the game a, a boo. double th- thumbs down, <laughs> double boo. Sick. Uh, but yeah, but in fact, that's why I'm coughing so much just thinking <laughs> just about Uncharted. Don't you speak so those words to me. You knew I was going to talk about it, and that just puts you over the top. Uh, but yes, I'm probably going to move to Uncharted next. I think. Wow, and that's um, old school. It is, but I'm I'm not going to try to play all three in a row or all four in a row. Yeah. I'm, I'll probably play the first one, then move to something else because don't I don't do, throw your life away, man. Well, the, don't throw all those precious hours away. Well, because that's a big commitment you to go. You have a family. That's a a big commitment to throw all four games all at once. That's I'm like I can't I can't do all four at once. I'll I'll play the first one, switch to something else, which is a waste of time to play the first one. No, it's not. It's (laughs) I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited in Mogan's world. And then I I don't know what I'll go to next. I'll probably do like a maybe a poll or something like that, like I did when I was trying to decide. Oh yeah, Doom or something else. So I might do something because I have. I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna make a concerted effort since I do have the downtime of not anything. Like if something comes out that looks freaking amazing, like I'm really tempted to buy Prey, like we talked about last week, I'm gonna try, I think, to make a really big effort to knock th- knock out several games in my backlog, so that way when the the big games that I've been that I am looking really looking forward to start hitting in the fall, I'll mm-hmm. be I'll be ready to take those on. So Destiny Two, Destiny Two, I'm probably gonna get that one. Give me the loot. Uh, Shad- I got Shadow of- Shadow of War, uh, sh- uh, Middle Earth, Shadow of War. 
uh, coming out Red Dead Redemption Two in the oh, yeah. in the fall. Oh. Um, I'm I gonna, guess I keep forgetting that that comes out this year. I know. I'm hoping they talk about it. At E3. Ooh, E3. When does coming E3 up. happen? E3 is June 13th, I believe, is when oh, it wow. starts. Less so, than yeah. a month away. So we'll Too do, soon. We'll have to do a predictions episode. Whoa, we're gonna get invited. Do like a, I know, right? What the like, fuck? let's get us a panel. Yeah. Like, come on. Help us out with that. Help us. Hey, get us a team chat to E3. E3. Hashtag that, you you crazy millennials. (laughs) (laughs) Use that Twitter. Use that Twitter. Get us those McNuggets. Uh, (laughs) Yes, we'll. Never mind. Oh, yeah, the kid who got the lifetime supply of Wendy's nuggets from Wendy's. We could get team chat to E3. I'm jealous. I'd I'd love a lifetime supply of nuggets. Yeah. Did you see United Airlines, like, Get on it, get in on it because they're just trying to find any good PR that they can. <laughs> they're like, Hey, you get those big nuggets, or I keep saying big nuggets, you get those windy nuggets, uh, we'll fly you any in the world. Everyone's like, Fuck you, United. <laughs> like, it didn't, like, didn't help at Don't all. Jump on their <laughs> yeah, good thing. I know. And I was like, Can't we just forgive? <laughs> no, that we can't. Pretty, that was pretty bad. It is. I guess we can't forgive as a society. No, uh, but yeah, so it's an issue. <laughs> There's a couple of big things coming out, but yeah, we should definitely do a we should do a E3 predictions, like what's going to be talked about, what's going to be announced, and then maybe you do a uh, you know, and then do uh, obviously a follow up. Yeah, remember our E3 last year? No, we didn't do E3 last year. We did. We did like a oh, we did like <laughs> no, a recap. Yeah, we did. No, yeah. The one we did like the big like live tweet. How up. long has we been doing this podcast? We've been doing it since Oper. 2015. Uh, uh, November of 2015 is when this started. So we went through one E3. Yeah. Did we eat pizza? No, that was the Game Awards. That was Awards. the Game Awards, the very first Game Awards yeah. in this, uh, in December fun. 2015. Yeah, we, we, which we couldn't do it this year, I think, because either I was gone. I think I was gone. We talked about them all. We, we always hit them again whenever yeah. big things come up. But yeah, yeah, we need to do another live, live tweet thing. Live maybe, tweet. We should, maybe we should find one, pick, a, pick one of the E3 keynotes to, like, to do. That'd be fun. Um, Word. But yeah. Word. Oh, so we forgot to do these at the beginning. Actually, camera's done. Gonna restart that. Real quick. Jared's restarting the camera. I'll speak for you, Jared. What, what, what did we forget to do? We've got to we had a couple emails. Oh, emails. We've right. Got some right. emails. And now we gotta. We'll uh, we'll do go wanna, into those. Do you want to take both of them? Are you gonna uh, read them all? The whole thing? No, I was just gonna. I'll do. I'll do uh, the first one. You could do the one on Facebook. Okay. Um, I can do. So this one is from. Let's see. Ah, oh, fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get back to the I really it's so it just doesn't it's no, so convoluted the, it is it really is now nah, just like give, give some nah, go read read the whole thing it's, a, whole it's thing? a good thing okay so this is from Brandon Weaver and what up what up uh, and this is talking about underrated games okay so we did over underrated we did like uh, underrated first and then and then uh, yeah, and over then, and then overrated no overrated first then, then underrated. underrated so we yeah. did there are episodes of this if you want to go back and listen but this is uh, from our good friend Brandon Weaver and he's talking about Spec Ops The Line. So here's what he has to say about Spec Ops The Line. Uh, I think Spec Ops The Line is one of the most underrated and overlooked games in recent memory. And I think a lot of that is due to its title being generic as fuck, (laughs) which makes it seem like nothing more than another military dude bro shooter like Call of Duty or Medal of Honor. Dude bro is now a word. But if anything... I like dude bro. I like dude bro. That's a word now. But if anything, Spec Ops is the antithesis of those games, or at the very least, strong condemnation of them and the glorification of war. If I were to describe it, I would say that it's the video game equivalent of Apocalypse Now, and I don't say that lightly. Ooh, strong comparison. That is a strong comparison. Spec Ops recontextualizes the tropes of modern military shooters such as Twitch aiming and aerial assaults to showcase the atrocities of war by tricking the player into performing increasingly deplorable acts. Have you played this game? I have actually. Is this true? And this was and this was uh, <laughs> interesting he that he brought that he brought it up. Uh, finish reading his thing, okay. and then I'll and then I'll talk about that. However, the message of this game isn't simply that war is bad, and that should be obvious, as that should be obvious to anyone. The point of the game is to demonstrate how quickly and easily one can be a monster in a war zone. Hmm. Spec Ops treats war, treats war seriously. It's not a playground to see who can acquire the most headshots. Hell, the game's loading screen taunts the player near the end of the campaign with a rhetorical question, do you feel like a hero now? Ooh, Ooh I like that a Haunting lot. Haunting words from a game. You... Oh, this is not. I got one more paragraph. Okay. <laughs> as far as the gameplay itself, it's serviceable at best, but I think this works in Spec Ops because favor in Spec Ops favor because if it were incredibly fun, the entire thing would feel disingenuous. That's I get a really that. interesting argument. Uh, this game is not meant to be a power trip. It's meant to be demoralizing, heartbreaking, and ugly. As the game progresses, you feel less justified with each life you take, and you come to realize that the only way to win win is to stop playing altogether, but you can't stop now. You've come too far. Surely the destruction you wrought will be justified in the end, right? But it's not. 
You've accomplished nothing. <laughs> Only the death of hundreds. That's how it ends. You've accomplished nothing. <laughs> so, so it's really funny that he brought this one up because I was going to talk about it in, I believe, <clears throat> underrated or over one of the two. Because my pro, my thing with it, and that's what I'd always heard, is that it is this really good message, a really good game talking about war, and like it really doesn't paint it like he said. It yeah. doesn't paint it in this glorified way. Yeah. It is very dirty. It is very gritty. It is very, uh, it's just a horrible thing. My problem with it, and I think what tainted the game for me, and why I wasn't a big fan, and I probably need to give it another shot, is because I play, when I played it, and I actually, and now that I think about it, I probably do blame it the fact that I was playing it on a Mac, uh, on my on my computer. So it was obviously the ported for Mac version mm-hmm. off Steam, but it was incredibly glitchy. Oh. Like, and which, you know, so here I am playing it. I'm like, well, I don't want to go buy this for something else because what if it's just the game being glitchy and that's why it's bad. But, um, but I do, but as far as story, so the gameplay for me was a little rough just because of how, how kind of glitchy it was. But the, but from what he's saying on the story side, it's true. Yeah, it's true. There's near the end of it, there are some really, truly heinous moments. And I was just kind of like. Oh yeah, it this got deep. tricks you. Yeah, this got heavy. Hmm. So, uh, but no, I I agree. It's a really good, it is a good pick for because it is one that's not very well known. I remember I don't know because it. it's a few years old now. I don't. Um, it was a couple years ago when I played it, and so and then even then it had been out for a couple of years. So it might be like a five year old, five plus year old game yeah. at this point. But no, it is it's one if you do if you are looking for something out of the ordinary of a typical military shooter. Yeah, definitely give it a shot. All right. Have you played that one, Logan? I trust Brandon. No, I had never actually even heard of Me it neither. until Brandon's uh, message. But it does sound really interesting, and I I like the sound of where it seems yeah. to go with the story yeah. because I feel like so many other war based games, even if they're not glorifying war itself, they tend to focus more on you and your side, and you know themes yeah. like brotherhood and heroism, and they really tend to ignore the true brutality and horrors of war and how that can actually affect a person. I feel like that type of focus is something that a lot of war-based games are missing and could benefit from having more of. And I, th- I agree. Yeah, and I think Brendan makes an interesting point about the gameplay because even if a game is not glorifying war, but it's beautiful to look at and mm-hmm. really fun to play, in a sense, doesn't it kind of glorify war in that se- way? It might not, in, it, like, inadvertently. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Inadvertently, though, if a game is like Battlefield 1 looks beautiful, very fun to play, but it kind of tries, like, Battlefield 1 tried to, like, show the horrors of war, and, they, and I think they, in, to a degree, succeeded. They did, but yeah. But it's but funny th- that he mentioned the, <laughs> the gameplay is not very good, and it kind of helps it. Because yeah. you're like this. Well, it's, it's obviously they probably it looks like they more directly went for the story yeah. than to focus on the yeah. gameplay. I guess this. my point is like even with like the new Call of Duty coming out, for example, yeah. which is World War Two, it looks it it looks fun. All it war does. games that have come out are fun. Well, and I'd say that's kind of the drawback I think with what happened and with this weird. Influ- this huge influx of <laughs> right. of yeah of, of modern of what the, like the futuristic modern shooter is because that's not real for us now. It yeah. takes away the realism of it, yeah. I think, and makes it be this easier thing that you can just enjoy. Turn as your a, mind off, yeah, yeah, and, and enjoy. So I'm interested to see if that will happen. If it'll kind of be like a mix of the two with like. With uh, Call of Duty World War II, I'm, in, I'm interested to see if that if that does kind of return to being uh, more one that is more of a like war is gritty, war is you know mm-hmm. not a good thing. Kind of condemnation of it, yeah, condemnation of, of it. Yeah, no, um, because I because I think Battlefield did that really well too, especially like small touches with Battlefield One, especially like uh, in the opening. Or anytime your your character dies, it shows yeah, like names. a death date, a name yeah. and a death date, and that, it's just like a small little touch. But you see it, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. like this is real. Mm-hmm. This is a real thing. Yeah, I do think Battlefield One almost shot themselves in the foot though. When they do, you remember the like tweets they sent out? Do you, did you remember hearing about this? No, what happened? So they sent out some uh, some like tweets trying to promote people to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna look it up so I can really quick so I can find out. Or say the exact wording of one, but it met with some pretty bad backlash because it would be like really. Um, hold on, let me let me try to find one real quick. Yeah, Battlefield One's an interesting one to talk about because at the end of the day, it's really fun. Oh no, Battlefield One is really fun. <laughs> really fun multiplayer experience, but yeah, you're doing a lot of killing, but 
at the end of the day, it's a video game. I don't know. Video yeah. games taking on war is very different from like a book or a film taking yeah. on war. Because at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a lot of fun to go around shooting people. Wow, it's really I've never really. I don't know why I'm just like realizing this. So, so the thing with That's uh, what's wrong with me. The, the thing with this, and this is a Polygon article that I'm reading. EA turns horrors of World War One into tone deaf Battlefield One memes. Quickly deletes them. Oh, oh. So this was October 31st. So not long after the game came out. Uh, so Battlefield one published by electronic arts and specifically the game's social media team is under fire today for tasteless marketing campaign in which the series Twitter account came off as glorifying the first world war to sell a video game. Uh, so basically they use the hashtag just world war one things ah. alongside meme worthy, <laughs> meme worthy phrases such as weekend goals and gifts containing violent images from battlefield one. So it has this one here that is, um, that is a, a gif of a flamethrower just like lighting several Germans on fire oh my God. or enemies on fire oh my God. in a bunker. And it says, when you're too hot for the club, oh. just, hashtag just World War One things. That's so stupid. That's awful. That is awful. Yeah. That is so oh dumb. Oh, my God. And so they sent a couple like that. And so, God, so that's how t- like tone deaf is such a great word. Like these like tone deaf corporations like, like hey, everyone's doing these memes and gifts. We got to get in on this. <laughs> you know, you're so stupid. That's yeah. such an EA thing for them. <laughs> They're to just do. right. You're that's like so their word. mo. Yeah. So <laughs> so yeah, fucking assholes. So needless to say. <laughs> They almost shot themselves in the foot. Like they made this great game that yeah. did really do a good job of pointing out the yeah. horrors of war, and then they fucking do and that like shit. Doing, and people like, are like, "Party in the club, okay, it's hot maybe here. not yeah. anymore. That's bad." Yeah, video games so. have weight, much more weight than they did back, you know, twenty years ago. You yeah. know, a game like Battlefield One, with the way it looks and the way it's presented, should be held accountable for any like mistreatment of the subject material at this point. Yeah. I think back, you know, maybe. Five years ago, oh, it's a video game. Like it's supposed to be crazy and fun, but nowadays, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe people are just very sensitive about it now too in today's like landscape. But yeah. I don't know. Video games are becoming more of a societal presence. Yeah, you know, way more, way more so than they yeah, have been in past years. Underground thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we did have another email <laughs> that I got a couple. I forgot it for last episode. Sorry, <laughs> but it was uh, from Bro Mogan. So I hopefully he'll. I hope he will forgive me. I was, I was gonna apologize to his face if he was gonna join you since you know, you're is with he, him. Is he behind that door? Oh. Right, you know, I was gonna say. <laughs> Can he just peek inside for a second? I'm sorry. I want to say hi. <laughs> um, but anyway, he writes uh, in response to our overrated games episode. Ah, and I, and I feel like this one is gonna. It's. A, I think it's gonna, it's gonna push some buttons. It's gonna push some buttons. I think. Mother. <gasps> what? Yeah. Whose buttons? Mine. I think uh, probably not. both. Uh, maybe a little bit. All three of us. Well, I've read it. So my bu- <laughs> my oh, buttons okay. were pushed and then buttons, already released. So I've already you know I've already gotten you over it. Uh, so it's hi TCP. I can't believe Rachel didn't mention this, but I agree that Uncharted is overrated. I watched her ah, play the fir- the whole first game, <laughs> Got another one. and just watching it was excruciating. I can only imagine actually having to play this piece of garbage. Wow! I, at, least, <laughs> at least as a spectator, I could get on my phone or DS when the game got boring, but poor Rachel was stuck playing it the whole time. Her critique was spot on. Good cinematics, mediocre gameplay. But speaking of overrated games, I'd like to add... Bioshock to that list. Oh, and right. it's Just incredible story. No, I think the first one. The first one. It's incredible story and hmm. atmosphere are ruined by the action style gameplay. The game can't decide whether it wants to be a first person shooter or a survival horror game, and the result is a muddled, half assed attempt at both. <laughs> it would work better if they had focused more on the horror and made the player feel less empowered. So, yeah, Uncharted and Bioshock are both garbage. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Okay, like he was like on the fence a little bit with Bioshock. I know that's both garbage. <laughs> I was I thought he had some good things to say about Bioshock, or I don't know. I forgot the tone. I actually don't 100% disagree with what he's saying about Bioshock. I understand. Bioshock's heard, a great game, though. It's I, a you, great game. I, to say I, it's garbage. Yeah, that's like, that's harsh. Because yeah, I remember when it, it came out a while ago, and like when it came out, like no other game oh. I had seen had that tone, atmosphere, and attention to just the novelesque feeling of like the architecture and like yep. that whole like. I don't know that. I don't know what you call it. Anne Rand sort of feel. Yeah. No. <laughs> that I, yeah. Shrugged. Actually, that's a good good equivalent. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, I and I, I love the first Bioshock when I played it. So I don't necessarily agree go if I'd agree that it's overrated. I think it definitely deserves the praise that it gets. But I mean but, you know, but, it's but one of those things to each his own. Yeah, and as gameplay, I, I can be more on board with like the gameplay as a first person shooter. I wish it was more survival horror than a first person shooter. As much as as cool as the I plasmids picked up on it more are, as a first as a survival horror than I thought than a, yeah, than a first person shooter. It definitely shooter, really. had both elements, strong elements of both. But you know, as as cool as the plasmids are and as cool as that mechanic which which i'd never really seen in a game before also i don't know if another game had done quite the same thing yeah. probably but i i didn't for me it was a, a first time thing um i do see what he's saying i kind of it would have been fun to hide in the shadows from big daddies i get what you do but you can also kind of go with your shotgun and put bees on them and like you know it turns into you can bees! yeah it's but your choice fun. it's fun it's fun it's your choice that's fun to do that yeah so so yeah but i thought that was an interesting opinion and, interesting. and should be shared yeah i want to see did he play infinite mogan uh, he did not play Infinite, but he has seen me play a good chunk of Infinite. Yeah, uh, he, I can tell you. I'm sorry. What was he, was he not impressed? He liked the gameplay. We both were really we love Columbia, like yeah. the environment. He was not even remotely impressed with Booker Dewitt. <laughs> Does not <laughs> no like one, him no one likes at him. all. And I will say that in the beginning of the game, I was also like this guy. Mm. But as as I'm getting further along, I'm like, okay, Booker's not. He's not that bad, yeah. but at the beginning of the game, he does come across as very ultra-standard, older, gritty, white yeah. male protagonist. I've seen some things, bruh, and it's yeah. like, yeah. okay, tone it down, <laughs> But um, later on, he does take on a little bit more personality, which I do game? enjoy. Yeah, I so I think her. that... What? Did Go you, ahead. Did you ever beat that game? I'm not done with it yet. Uh, you have, you, you got to finish it. That should be... Yeah, the next, you got to finish it. Don't. The ending is like 99% of the game. <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> it is. It's, it's one of the best right. endings ever. I'll finish it, and yeah. then we can talk about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, do you have a moment with Mogan? Uh, I don't really, but it is kind of a good way to incorporate sort of the next portion that I wanted to talk about, which is an upcoming game. Okay. So even though it's not a full moment with Mogan, on May 26th, you may have seen a little bit about it, coming soon is Rhyme. R-I-M-E. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard a little bit about this. Not, I'm not as familiar with it as I was with Little Nightmares. but That's okay. That You've probably is. really just seen maybe some stills of it, maybe like the game's uh, cover art, which is really quite beautiful. So take a look at that, Zach. Pull that up because oh, it's really yeah, it's quite, a, it's quite a sight to see. That, that's, I want that on my um, wall. Oh, I love the blue. Is that the yeah, right That one? looks good. Yeah, that's it. Isn't yeah. that super nice? It's really So nice. a lot of people have stylistically related it to kind of a combination of the cell-shaded the cell graphics of Wind Waker, mm-hmm. so The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, yeah. really kind of mixed with that more subtle, almost bittersweet feeling of the environment of games like Ico or uh, The Last Guardian. Mm -hmm. So it's not quite as super fun and poppy as Wind Waker was. It's a little bit more subdued, a little more toned down, but it is still a very bright, albeit washed-out color palette. So as you can see, that game primarily takes place on a deserted island. Mm -hmm. So you are a kid. Um, I I actually don't think he... I could be wrong about this. I don't think he's named in the game. That that might be something that I've just missed, but so far I'm not aware of any particular uh, name that he actually has. But you are this kid, and you have just survived a torrential so- storm at sea. So you have been your sh- your ship is totally gone. You're shipwrecked on this mysterious island, and you are basically trying to find your way into what I believe is that central tower mm-hmm. pictured on the cover art. So. The environment that you're basically traversing, um, and it's a combination of platforming, puzzling, and adventure. So it's really, uh, more than anything, a third-person adventure game with a lot of puzzles built into the environment. Okay. Um, I wouldn't call it fully open world, but it is an open environment. So there are sort of gated areas that you have to solve certain puzzles to really kind of progress to the next area. So it's not fully open world like we would probably know it in the sense of other modern games, but for that type of puzzler, it is a little bit more of an open environment. So by solving all of these puzzles, which are really interestingly linked into kind of a lost civilization feel. So the puzzles and all of these buildings and kind of Goliath structures that you're 
just sort of moving around on, they appear to be totally abandoned. You know, there aren't other people on this island. It appears to be just you and a magical little fox friend that Aww. you somehow get, which is adorable. Uh, you and your little that. fox friend are just kind of trying to make your way to this central tower, I suppose, in the hope that it will afford you a way to get off of the island. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know how much the kid knows or like has a sense of whether or not he's actually going to get off the island or if he's just like, well, I'm shipwrecked here. Might as well do whatever's around or I'm going to die of boredom first. So it's really more um, adventure and puzzling as opposed to survival. And this is actually uh, an interesting thing to note from its development because the game has been really kind of anticipated by a core group of people for years now. Mm -hmm. Originally, it was on deck to be produced by Microsoft. So it was going to be an Xbox game. Um, But Microsoft, once the development really got going and they realized kind of the, uh, again, the adventure puzzling mechanics of it they were like you know this doesn't really fit into our mo of multiplayer social gaming so they dropped it so they totally dropped rhyme Uh, i don't even think it had a name at that point but they dropped the project and shortly after that sony picked it up because sony was going to make rhyme a ps4 exclusive but after about i think it was like two years into development from there and sony still didn't have any concrete progress on the game from whomever the developers were at the time so they also dropped it Hmm. it was finally picked up by tequila works which i believe is a spanish developer they are based in madrid as far as i know and actually a lot of people may know tequila works from more recent games they just did that new game that came out the sexy brutal which is that really interesting little puzzle game that i actually still really want to play and before that, they did Deadlight, which I want to say at least one of you knows a little bit about. We have talked uh, about Deadlight light? before. Yeah, I've talked about Light. Yeah, I've talked about Dying Light, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I know anything about Deadlight. Maybe we didn't. Maybe I imagined that. <laughs> Never mind. But anyway, so <laughs> they've done a couple podcast. of smaller indie games in the past, and uh, Rhyme is going to be really kind of their, as far as I can tell, their biggest launch to date. So because it got picked up by Tequila Works, it is no longer an exclusive, uh, and thanks to a port by, oh, what are they called? Tantalus Media, Tantalus Media ported this game to the Switch. So oh, nice. on launch day, on Mar- uh, on May 26th, it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and the Switch. Wow. So really kind of everybody gets to play, yeah. which oh, yeah. is, I think, a really cool thing. Cool. I love that it got passed around so much and is finally open to everyone and not yeah. just a core group of people. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. That one looks really good. And that reminded me that. That does look good. It's um, got some good climbing elements from looks like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, which reminded me of two, of two things I need to do. A, because I played it once when I got, I started it when I was sick a few months ago and haven't been able to pick it back up again. I need to freaking finish Ori in the Blind Forest. Ah. Oh, you do. Shame and on you. I know. I, mean, I, I should have finished a long time ago. Any game ever, but still. And if I need a break, like in between this really long game of, of Horizon and some, and you know, like maybe I'll play it concurrently with uh, with Uncharted or whatever. Uh, Abzu was the P- PS Plus free game this month. Mm. And so uh, that one's the one that kind of had not, it wasn't bound, which is the one that seemed very much like a journey, uh, spiritual spiritual successor to it. But Abzu is the one that's like deep sea uh, and you like swim with the fish and all that stuff. And uh, Austin Wintery did the soundtrack for it as well. And so I've been wanting to try that one out. And something else to note about Rhyme is that you can really get a sense of it just by watching the trailer for the game. The soundtrack sounds amazing. It's got this really sweeping, orchestrated score. It sounds like it's going to be a really good game for an excellent soundtrack. So if you're into like super cool visuals and mysteries and awesome soundtracks, go play it. Wow. Nice. I'm double checking myself. Yeah, Austin Wintry. Um, but yeah, yeah so it looks good. It looks like a game up my alley. Yeah. Like and that. the other one was Tales from the Borderlands, which is the uh, Telltale Games entry into like the, the Borderlands series. Okay. And so that one's free too. And I was like, ooh, yeah. yes, please. Gamers on a budget. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, those I want to jump. I want to jump into at some point. I really need to. I, I was thinking this. I need to make a list because I was looking also when I bought that, uh, the God of War game that I was just got. I was looking on my online of like download list of all the games that I either gotten through PS Plus or just were digital games uh-huh. that I had, and I was like, "Oh my god, what have I done to myself? I have too many. <laughs> What's the matter? Why do I do this? I need to like Why make a list. 
of all of the games and then prioritize them so I know which way to go and don't like here's the ones I want to buy here are the ones that I've already yeah, purchased the whiteboard or I, I do I feel like a mad like in. a mad yeah. scientist like have all these like drawings and, <laughs> and lines of what to play next it's <laughs> gonna be ridiculous well is there anything else that we <laughs> want to touch on we jumped been, around I've been quite playing a, bit, a lot like of it. Halo oh yeah yeah Got back into it <laughs> yeah I played all day Thursday with my good friends on Xbox Live who I've not played with for like almost a month now. hell yeah yeah so that That's was a good day it was a great day Getting back Super up fun. on those leaderboards. Yeah, we all got really pissed at each other for not performing well. It was just like <laughs> just like old times. I want to be like that's a, how we are. I want to be like a fly on the wall on yeah. that one time. Can we, you? Like, we should can twitch. You like spectator. You should. We can twitch next time. Yeah, you guys should listen to our that's twitch. That's one thing we've we're all, just like, yelling we've at each all other. All slacked on Twitch lately. Yeah. I mean, oh I know we're God, not like you, super you into we're not super into streaming and everything really, but like yeah. I like for honor. I I play for honor is like the game I've been waiting for my whole life, and I like. Ne- like I, st- I think I streamed the beta once. Well, we no one watches. Yeah, but you know, no one watches the first one. It's, it's the spirit. all the later it's ones. The spirit. I mean, Mogan watches mine, but that's just so she can make fun of me. I would do it to so you guys can watch us play. Yeah, we're just we're yelling at each other a lot. Yeah, you fucked up. That sounds pretty funny. It's funny. It's funny because like we take it very seriously. I'd watch it. Halo Five is still my uh, my go to game for competitive very multiplayer. Nice. What nice. else would I play? Come on, yeah, it's a good game. It's a great game. I get I get, I get jump on it every once in a while. My Xbox yeah, is like neglected comparatively to the PS4. Yeah, but, well, point for uh, PS4, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have as many games for it as, and I don't have as many. Well, that's not true. Because I do I do have several games for it, and it's just like fuck. I still need to finish The Witcher. Yeah, <sighs> you, you played yeah. enough of it. No, I have no, not played I enough not. of it. I know it's amazing, <laughs> and I want to finish it. Games. But I can't. That's one I cannot do every single side quest. If I do every single yeah, side no, quest, no, I will no. never finish The Witcher. Yeah. So I got to be more selective in my time on that one. All right. Well, I think that's enough of the randomness that we've talked about this episode. I thought it was great, though. We yeah, talked about fine. some really cool, like upcoming games that look really fun. Some old ones that we're that we're going to, or we're going to next in our gaming yes. exploits. Yes. But before we go, we do have to do the song contest as usual. And uh, since no Nothing one out of the else has correctly <laughs> guessed, it's going to back to the hosts. It's us. That's so mine was too uh, hard. I think Mogan's got a song picked us picked out for us this this time. Yeah, we'll we'll try to go a little bit easier. We throw yeah, some hard ones your be, way. Yeah. But yeah, so Mogan, what's the, what's the hint for this week? All right, so the hint is, it's super easy, don't laugh. Uh, the hint is, when you see the target on your back, you better run like hell. When you see the target doesn't on rhyme. your back, you better run like hell. No, it doesn't rhyme. Like hint. <laughs> Hints must rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> to be equally secretive and, yes, and to hard to discover. Just as whimsical. <laughs> and vague, it must rhyme. Vague. It must be but, So when you see the target on your back, run like hell. All right. Well, that is the song contest for this week. Stick around for the, after the close of the episode to hear the song. And as usual, contest goes live Wednesday, 9 a.m., the day after this episode airs. So today is the 6th. Tomorrow will be the 16th. It will be the 17th is when you can send in your guesses. Reply to the Facebook or Twitter post that we put out announcing that the contest is live. First person to correctly guess gets to send us a song and hint for a future episode. But this wraps up this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined virtually to my right. I had to think about that for a second. By Rachel Morgan. I'll accept it. Adios. And to my left, Zachary Parks. Au revoir. We'll see you all next time. It's a word. Stick around for the song. It is. (laughs) 